Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And welcome once again to the H&J Daily, some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Thanks, as always, for stopping by to have a listen. We have got some good stuff for you today. We spoke to the West Brom frontman, Hal robson Carney. who told us about a little bit of work he's been doing with the NHS and talked about the return of football as well, didn't he, Andy? Mm. He did. He was good. And we had a discussion about pigeon racing, which turned out to be surprisingly entertaining, actually. Yeah. From a bloke who had written a brilliant book about pigeon racing. Yeah, as John it goes. Day was back. We spoke to him about his book in the studio, but uh, it, it returns. Uh, it could be one of the first sports to come back competitively uh, over the weekend, early next week. Um, Striker, of course, the, the brilliant uh, Ian Danter bringing Steve Bruce's book to life once again. Can't believe we're only halfway through. I oh, know, yeah, we've got Incredible. a lot of work to do. Martin Kellner, uh, he was on good form with the uh, gave us some good recommendations for a week of sport on TV. And away from the sport, it was Mike Ward who marked your card for the weekend's telly watching, wasn't it? And the birthday spread, of course. And the birthday spread, yeah, it was uh, contentious. Um, but you make <laughs> it of it what funny, you will. <laughs> Here it is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Dennis Rodman. <laughs> now, look, basically, if you're seven foot one, like, yeah. or seven foot three, like Shaquille O'Neal, mm-hmm. or you're five foot six, like me, it's relative. So Shaq can stand there and touch the top of the bar full extension, uh, top of the rim, and I can do the same with my one. It only goes that high because it's a kid's one. So I think it's relative. It's only the same thing, isn't it? So if, if I can get off the ground and put it in, that's only no different to Shaq doing the, that, except obviously he was a lot better than me. It doesn't have quite the impact. When <laughs> and the, when he, the and he did win a few NBA championships. Yeah, when the hoop that. is that high, there's something about, as we saw with Jordan, when he's flying in the air, some of those iconic pictures. I mean, you sent me oh, a video yesterday of you basically standing next <laughs> to the net. You could have been putting something in a That's bin a you could be next to harsh. like a, you could be putting a, a black bag <laughs> into a dog what, bin the, the slow-mo I sent you with me leaping to the rim and putting well, in a skyhook I, I say leaping I mean le- <laughs> I don't know if leaping <laughs> leaping is the right word I put That's it on a, TS at H&J but I'm, I'm going to get absolutely oh, no, 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 panned right, it's, it's all relative it is all relative and, uh, and but how's the basketball been going with you Andy had bought a basketball hoop and ball and he's playing yeah. he's playing uh, he's teaching his wife he's also bought her a Jordan 23 balls vest. Has that arrived yet, Andy, the balls vest? <laughs> no, it hasn't arrived yet. She had to wear the Lakers yesterday. The thing is, she's <laughs> better than me. That's the, that's the mad thing about it. We, do, we did some from the 10-foot line, then we did some from the official 15-foot line. I missed all my, five of mine, and she managed mm. to get one in. Incredible. So, Magic Jacobs, they love her on Instagram, honestly. She's, uh, she's very, very <laughs> Magic popular. Magic Jacobs. <laughs> honestly. Very anyway, good. very bad news. Very oh, bad news. Oh, for oh, head, that's not good, is it? For, 
Well, no, for headline writers. Oh, okay. Only for headline writers, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sir Chips Keswick has retired. Yeah. So, Addie's Chips, goodbye, Mr. Chips. The chips are down. Yeah. I quite want him to go into the cut potato business with Barry Fry's. <laughs> what's going to happen to him? He has, just yeah, that's right. Up he, for the spread. He stepped down. It's one of the great names, isn't it? It's one of the great names of, uh, it is. of football, Sir Chips Keswick. He'll be missed. And it got me thinking, I looked up some crazy names in sport, and I'm sure some of these will be familiar to you, Paul, with your uh, one-size-fits-all. No, sport mm. or not, of course, sport or not. Yeah. So tell me if you know these. You, you, I think you'll know, isn't Do you know Danger Fourpence? Danger Fourpence? Uh, <laughs> That's no, his name, he's a football player. That's good. Uh, Dick, Dick Trickle, the NASCAR oh, I knew driver. about. I knew about Dick Trickle, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tempin bowler Mike Lemongello. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, he likes a baseball dick. player. Urban Shocker. That's a good I know name, about, isn't it? I know about Urban Shocker. Yes, quite a few of these <laughs> have popped up in the sport. One oh, yeah, no, there. I thought they might. Uh, Stubby Clap. I don't know what he does on Thursdays at 8 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> and this I, one, I remember think, this one. Honestly, <laughs> that's not the image I got. When you said Stubby Clap, I thought. <laughs> well, I know. I keep, a, like to keep it clean. That's a double whammy. <laughs> that's a double whammy, isn't it, really? Stubby Clap. <laughs> Um, and one in these more enlightened times, a pro yeah. professional American footballer, Guy Wimper, which I think is fair enough. You're allowed to now. And yeah. uh, uh, also, just one finally, away from the world oh, yeah. of golf. Uh, oh. Sorry, away from oh, yeah. the world of sports. Um, the best one I think we ever had from sport or not. This is absolutely true. The guy uh, who invented the Learjet, who came with the idea of the Learjet and designed it, made a fortune from it. Yeah, called, not Lear. Called his yeah, well, no, called his daughter Shanda. Look oh, it up. No. He did. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Who does that to their kids? <laughs> That's Mr. Lear thought thing that a little girl and he said, What should we call her? I know Shanda. That's seriously, this is not made up. Go and check it out. That's it's a terrible, bad. terrible thing to do to your kids. I just had one more, a final one. He's a professional American footballer, uh, prone to panic, Captain Munnerlin. <laughs> Don't panic, Captain Munnerlin. His name is Captain name, Munnerlin. His first name is Captain. His first name is Captain. His second name is Munnerlin. That's it, oh, Captain okay. Munnerlin. Look him up. Cap- He's there. Captain so Munnerlin. I don't make him up. No, uh, I'm sure you don't. <laughs> I don't. There's a page that says, Def- I was thinking about things that can make you ill if you eat them. And uh, I know it was a strange article, really. But one of them was daffodils. Oh, uh, yeah. Apparently, when, when swallowed, <laughs> really, they can cause nausea, vomiting, and abdominal pain. Uh, lots of cases are reported in the UK annually as people mistake the bulbs for onions. Really? Honestly, you deserved you deserved to be ill if you do that, in my view. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's I, I, ridiculous. It's not a mistake I think I've made. That, that's, <laughs> that's a mistake. It's very, made, very it? strange. I know. Very, I've got an eating odd. challenge for the moose. I don't know if you've seen this. Uh, I've often, we should ask the moose next week. I meant to ask him yesterday. Is he, is he a kind of quick eater or is he more in the... We're going to talk to an endurance cyclist later on, which is a bit of an odd segue. Mm. But he's obviously built <laughs> yes. for endurance, not for speed. And I'm guessing the moose is the same. I, I, I mean, I've dined with the moose. I say dined, but um, I, I don't. I didn't I'm see him think. Sort of shoveling it in. Um, no, but I would is, say he was a shoveler. Uh, this is um, you've got to eat uh, a 14-inch burger in 20 minutes. It weighs four and a half pounds. It could feed 10 people. It's uh, it's a restaurant in Preston. They've got a bit of previous for kind of this sort of thing. Mm. It's a 35-pound challenge, uh, which they're. Uh, they're going to offer after lockdown. It's a lamb burger with cheese and salad, 
Pickled cucumber and tomato. Uh, last year they gave out a prize for a bloke who had a two-metre-long wrap in nine minutes. But we'll ask the moose. Maybe we can send the moose up to Preston. Although we're going to have plenty of football to talk about soon. So yes. uh, how quickly will we? How quickly will we drop the Bundesliga like some holiday romance? Oh, the Bundesliga oh, are going to be sending so us emails and saying, "Oh, remember me from Falaraki," and then just don't answer. Just, just don't answer. True. Yeah, that's no, it. That's great, isn't it? Absolutely right. No question about it. I'm noticing racing in France. I've already yeah. noted they have very early start times, like 10, 15. <coughs> and today they've got one, the 3.58. Really straight, a bit like greyhound racing. Odd yeah. times. You don't get that in English racing, do you? I don't know why. There must be a reason for it, but I haven't been able to work it out. Um, what have we got here? Oh, a man in Wales has apologised after his wallaby escaped for the 20th time. And really? You, why would you keep a wallaby in Wales? Why would you just get a dog, mate? Oh, eight, seven, one, seven. Why, why would you keep a wallaby in Wales, Alex? <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. We welcome back sports, uh, including racing on Monday, football in a couple of weeks' time, of course, in the Premier League. Uh, fishing is back competitively uh, very shortly as well. I'm sure Nigel Botherway will be chatting about that. But Mark Armitage today writing in The Telegraph seems to think it could be ed- they could all be edged out by a sport that at first you think wouldn't really struggle uh, in lockdown. Pigeon racing. But on Monday um, in uh, Leicester at Leicester Racecourse, uh, between three and 4,000 pigeons will be released in a race organised by the Barnsley Federation of Racing Pigeons. Last time uh, we talked uh, about this sport was in the company of our next guest, who wrote an excellent book. Uh, on the subject called uh, homing and it's john day good afternoon john good afternoon thanks for having me on it's great pleasure yeah so we did we did enjoy the book i think it's it's done very well isn't it i read lots of good reviews of it so you must be very pleased with that yeah it's, it's gratifying who knew so many people would be interested in uh, what i have to confess is quite a niche sport it is and one that you kind of think that maybe could have survived in lockdown but when you kind of give it a bit more thought you realise there, there were a few areas that would, where people would be at risk. Yeah, that's right. So obviously, uh, pigeon racing, unlike most other sports, doesn't require mass gatherings of spectators to watch it. It's, you know, it's not much of a spectator sport, it has to be said, because all the pigeons obviously race back home to their home loss. So it's only one person waiting for them usually. But when you um, set, send them off for a race, you have to mark them with a little rubber band that makes sure that... Um, you know, that their time home can be recorded accurately. And it's the marking up that caused the problem with social distancing because it it needs a couple of people to do that. Um, So, and also transporting the pigeons and and everything like that was um, a bit of a risk. So uh, it has been on hiatus. The season was meant to start in uh, April, beginning of April. And obviously there hasn't been any racing until this week. So my my club, my federation is starting on uh, Wednesday as our first race from Newark on Trent for me. So have you been involved in the discussions to, to bring it back or is this a, some sort of high level of no, no. You know, the Pigeon <laughs> Council or something? Yeah, it's well above my pay grade. It's uh, the Royal Pigeon <laughs> Racing Association have, have, have released some guidance on, to, on how to make sure that social distancing can be maintained during the marking. So they've been very good at um, you know, making sure all the guidelines are followed. I mean, one thing that is, has been quite nice on lockdown is that obviously the pigeons still need to be trained. They still need to be flown every day. So you let them out and you can watch them flying around. And one of the things I was interested in, in the sport and, and writing about in the book, I'm very much a novice still, um, was that kind of sense of place you get from watching a bird, watching a, a kit of birds fly around 
one particular location. So obviously we haven't been able to train them on the road, as it's called, which is when you basket them up and take them away from their home loft and then release them to get them used to flying back from other locations. But still, it's still you know quite a lot of work caring for them and 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 train and and loft flying them every day. And that's been really nice actually. You know, I've been as everyone else has locked down for you know nearly three months now and uh, flying the birds every day and watching them has been a great sort of symbol of release and escape in a way it's le- left a lot mm. got a lot of pressure off environmentally things are different of course uh, have been different i mean that you know I, mean, I know they're not flying at thirty-five thousand feet but there are less planes <laughs> in the air i think there's sort of there's been changes to the sort of ecosystem and and the environment generally i wonder if that'll affect them that's an interesting point yeah i mean we've all noticed nature coming back in various ways haven't we as the as the weeds take over the the public parks and as you know traffic decreases and so on there are some people who think that um pigeons navigate uh, it's still a, it's still a scientific mystery how quite how pigeons find their way home but but one school of thought thinks that it uses that they use subsonic sounds really really low rumbling sounds that um can be um can be kind of interfered with by planes and so on so that, that you know I, I suppose we'll see when the racing starts whether they're quicker on their way home because of there's fewer planes in the sky um that might be one effect. I don't think, uh, yeah, as you say, they don't really fly high enough to be disturbed, particularly by um, planes directly. So we might see some records then. It's almost like a wind-assisted <laughs> kind of thing if you're a, if you're a runner. <laughs> Could do, yeah. I mean, we've got the wind-assisted too. But, yeah, I, I mean, I mm. wonder if maybe, yeah, that would be... I'll let you know. I'll let you know. Yeah, do that. <laughs> you mentioned the uh, Royal Pigeon uh, Racing Association. And there is Royal... The Queen keeps pigeons, doesn't she? She does, yeah. I think she's got a loft at Sandringham. In fact, um, at a RPRA dinner at Christmas, I met the um, the Queen's loft manager, um, who has got a very enviable task, or maybe unenviable, because I'm not sure quite how successful her loft is, actually, I have to say. But I think it was her grandfather who was given a pair, or, or, or more than a pair, of, of Belgian racing pigeons in the uh, early 20th century or late 19th. And they're the, the birds that have led to the family that she now keeps. They were very... Pigeon racing emerged in, in Belgium and Holland in the in the late nineteenth century and they were the sort of centre of the sport for, for many years and still are arguably, although it's shifting now slightly towards, you know, China and, and, and Southeast Asia, um, where the really big money goes. But those birds would have been a pedigree breed that have probably kept um, kept the line going for almost a hundred years now, I guess. If if we do have a new world for pigeon racing, and Marcus was also making the point this morning that maybe we need to see a bit more technology involved. The idea that you might see microchips and pads fitted in lofts, which uh, read when the, the birds <coughs> arrive, etc., etc. I mean, that would fly in the yeah. face of a, a lot of the demographic who, uh, who <laughs> like, probably love the traditional ways, I would think. That's true. There is quite a lot of resistance to that kind of thing. I mean, much as I love my um, fellow club members, they are all getting on a bit. Um, and it's quite, an, it's quite, you know, it's a, it's a sport that's struggling to, to stay relevant in, in, in all sorts of ways today, mainly because people don't have or think they don't have the time or space to pursue it. But it's true that um, certain some clubs now do use digital technology. They use, um, you know, RFID tag rings on the pigeon's feet so that rather than taking a rubber ring off and putting in a mechanical clock and stamping at home and doing all that stuff, you can just register the bird's arrival instantly. And you can imagine that being uh, um, a lot easier to organise within social distancing guidelines because no one actually has to handle the individual birds. You can just make them walk over the pads to register them. Um, So who knows whether that will cause a change. I think there's still quite a lot of resistance, certainly, in my club um, to that kind of thing because partly it's about 
keeping old practices and old ways alive, I think. And mm. there's certainly a charm to that, the physicality of it. I don't know, I don't know if you realise, but uh, it's been featuring in Neighbours Pigeon Racing recently. Has it really? <clears throat> <laughs> yes. I haven't noticed that. Is that, yeah, is that true? No. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, no, it is. Gary, Gary he uh, he kept pigeons. He, had, he raced them. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. he died. He was uh, he was murdered by Finn, one oh, of the characters. Oh, yeah. I know, but he's Who's his looking mum, after uh, the pigeons? Has that been <laughs> Well, that's it. The, the thing is, his, his mum's gone completely mad and thinks that Gary's been reincarnated as one of his uh, <laughs> racing pigeons. What about it's quite that? a good plot line, really. Yeah, it's quite yeah. amazing. It that is. Wasn't a it's related it's... murder, was it? It wasn't someone it wasn't a pigeon. stealing his champion. <laughs> it wasn't no. sort of death by guano, was it? It couldn't be. What a thought. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Do you fancy coming back as a pigeon, the John? Uh, you, the life of the pigeon, <laughs> as somebody who knows them intimately? Um, I can think of worse ways to be reincarnated. Yeah, I think you know, yeah. a good racing pigeon in a decent loft is very has a pretty enviable life. You know, he's, he's lives well, well looked after. You know, these are expensive creatures. Often they're as important as you know, purebred. Uh, race horses to their owners and, and they're treated very well and they're pampered and a pigeon in the wild i found out the other day can you know the average life expectancy is about two or three years but a racing pigeon in a loft can live up to 20 so wow. Wow. Kind of lot of care that they get. yeah yeah um, extraordinary. I, I and then um, if you saw the story about the uh, chinese buyer of a bird from belgium last year where it went for over a million pounds so the oh, i was going to ask you about fortunes yeah yeah, yeah. Like, like thoroughbred yeah. racing yeah Exactly, yeah, yeah. It's going that way. And they'll be used for Maybe stud, will they, as well? A life in stud? Well, exactly, yeah, because once you, once oh, you buy a pigeon, you, you can't race it anymore because mm. you don't live in the same place. If you let it out of the loft, it will just fly back to where it came from, obviously. It will, yeah. Um, That's so once true. You, <laughs> once the pigeon's been raced and, and sold to mm. stud it, it lives a very happy life of, of breeding and eating and relaxing. Brilliant, John. Lovely to talk to you again, and uh, thanks very much for joining us. And uh, you say Wednesday you're you're back in action, yeah? That's right. First race on Wednesday. Yeah. Enjoy. Thank you very much. Nice talking Good. to you, John Day. There, the author of uh, Homing. Uh, we do recommend the book. It's an excellent read. Is it on He's Sky? Race. Um, what's that? <laughs> Is it on Sky? You know, pigeons. No, 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 don't oh, worry blimey! About it. Okay, you, you, <laughs> no, no. Is this you warming no, up just, for the birthday special? No, no, it just, is. I'm a bit worried. I was just thinking, are there going to be any races free, free to air? That would be good if there that are. That would be. Mind you, it wouldn't, would be make, like... wouldn't make much of a sport, would it, really? Because, I mean, you'd what, see them the leave. the TV point of view? No, you'd see them leave and then you'd see them arrive. Yeah. I suppose you could drone them. You could a, bit like, sort of... a bit like cycling, really. Well, no, it's not, of course. It's, uh, you can follow them on the <laughs> no, way. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. I'll tell you what's very interesting. Just a quick one. They put that my slam dunk on on Twitter. It's amazing yeah. the difference between Twitter and Instagram. It's amazing how on Instagram people are funny and affectionate. On Twitter people are just vile. What is are that? They really? It's really weird. It's really weird. Like sort of nasty, unfunny, sort of obvious comments. Whereas Instagram it's really funny, makes you laugh a lot. It's funny. It's just wow. the difference between the the, the two platforms. I, I don't know why that should be, but it is. But there you go. Okay, I, I looked at a couple. They weren't all like that. Someone wants to buy a pair of Air Jacobs. I don't know where <laughs> yeah, they're going to get enough, them yeah. from. Yeah, that was quite a good yeah. line. So anyway, uh, let's move on uh, because uh, an awful lot of uh, footballers have been doing their bit uh, during lockdown. And that includes our next guest. One of his other business ventures has fed into uh, some of the work he's been doing around the NHS. And it is West Brom's forward, very own Hal robson Carnu. Good afternoon, Hal. Good afternoon, gents. How are we doing? Yeah, we're not too bad, thank you. Yeah, you, now this is the, the turmeric shots that you're involved with, and you've been supplying 
this to some of our frontline workers. Yes, yeah, that's indeed. So um, it's a company which I founded in 2018, which we launched, and we supply uh, effectively natural, uh, healthy turmeric-based shots uh, to people throughout the UK, um, and they're all focused around, you know, supporting good health, well-being, um, and yeah, since since the uh, you know the coronavirus hit and our frontline workers have been you know working flat out in, in many areas up and down the country we've been uh, trying our bit to, to supply them with the range and, and get them using using the products as much as possible and we've seen uh, some, some fantastic feedback from them all what sort of things they do then how do they they kind of give them a little bit of an energy boost and uh, sort of a, a good for the immune it's system anti-inflammatory isn't it yeah precisely yeah so it's uh, you know it's Effectively, what turmeric is, it's a natural root which uh, holds a lot of uh, powerful properties um, through its active compound, which is called curcumin. Um, and there's still so much research ongoing around uh, curcumin as a, as a natural ingredient and the impact it can have. Um, but from my own personal experience, I had used these products, which we were making at the time, you know, in our kitchen 10, 10 to 13 years ago. So I was, um, you know, 16, 17 and um, and they effectively helped me to recover from you know the, the, uh, the career-threatening injuries that I had had at the time. Um, wow. You know, help help reduce the pain that I was experiencing. Um, you know, and, and also helped me to you know recover quicker as I began getting back into training. And um, but generally, like what we found is that it supports all-round health. So you know, having a, sh- a shot a day is, is what what I would I do now and still do to, to this day. And is uh, and is what a lot of our you know our, our customer base is, is doing also. So it's um, it's good to see. Have you got the boys in the West Brom dressing room uh, taking some as well? Yeah, yeah. They they all uh, the, the club actually uh, through the nutritionist. Um, they, they we supply them directly. So um, but we also supply um, a few uh, Premier League teams, a lot of um, athletic uh, GB athletics, a lot all of right. rugby teams. Um, but really. Really, what obviously you know the benefit is, is is for people in everyday life, and having having that bit of convenient you know nutrition, adding that to your uh, you know your daily routine can actually have quite a significant impact if the product is a you know is a is a good product and a you know using high quality ingredients, which we obviously do. Good stuff. And uh, obviously, we've been asking players and other people whether they're looking forward to football coming back. I mean, as a player, how do you feel about it? Do you feel safe? And what do you feel about the current situation? Um, I think there's a lot of uncertainty, to be honest. Um, again, from from our perspective, uh, my personal perspective, obviously, I'm raring to get get back going, and and we've we've maintained our fitness levels throughout the period with a strong uh, program and, and we've been, you know, hitting the ground running in terms of the smaller groups and individual training at the training ground for the last few weeks. So in terms of fitness, uh, we're, we're, we're certainly raring to go. Um, but yeah, I think, I think they're just, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty from the, you know, from the structures and from, uh, you know, the establish, establishments which need to make a decision. Um, and hopefully as we, you know, we've obviously seen the date for the Premier League today, um, hopefully, as we continue to, to progress, there'll be more clarity and more, um, you know, some definitive decisions being made, which can, can hopefully be stuck to regardless of what happens in the future too. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, it, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I suppose it, what's, what's been the feeling among and the boys in the dressing room when you've spoken to them? Because obviously, if a ball wasn't kicked again, 
you would have gone up, I, I would imagine. Yeah. So did you ever contemplate that? Did you ever consider the idea that if there was no more football played, you were going to be a Premier League player again? Um, yeah, well, again, there's still so much uncertainty around that because in time, you know, you look at that and say, OK, well, points per game, is, is that the, the, the fairest way? Um, it may it may be the fairest solution, but at the same time, that's still going to be unfair on teams who haven't played the full games and are going to you know, may may or may not be relegated. So, for every positive, there's you know, there's there's some there's someone who's going to have to you know experience a bit of suffering and, and probably not the decision they wanted. So, from our perspective, we we'd obviously want to finish the season and and you know show to show what we'd been showing all season really that we we deserve to be back in the Premier League. Um, and uh, and yeah, so really that's sort of our, our, our standpoint and. Fingers crossed we, we can do it because I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll hit the ground running when we do go back. I take it you've been watching some of the Bundesliga football. I mean, what, what have you made of that? I mean, because that's what you're likely to to find when you're back playing again. You know, empty stadiums, that that that, that kind of mm. experience. So what have you made of it so far, Hal? Yeah, I think like, you never really, unless it's a, you know, a, tra- a training game at the, at the training ground, you, you never really, you haven't never really played in front of, less than you know a few few hundred people and it's um during your career so it's it's certainly going to be strange for a lot of for for everyone and um ultimately at the end of the day as long as the fans do have the ability to watch the games you know at at home in the comfort and safety of their homes then then that's a positive nevertheless but from an actual professional perspective i think playing in front of fans it does add that extra bit of, you know, it's, it's what you, you you sort of have, have dreamt about as a kid, you know, scoring goals in front of fans. And, you know, it's, 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 it is crazy watching the uh, the German league and when they score a goal and it's, you know, you can hear the, you know, the, the tapping of the doors and things like that in, around the stadium. So um, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Just looking at your uh, website here, it's definitely a testament to the power of advertising on TalkSport. It's going mad. People are purchasing stuff every five seconds here. Are they really? <laughs> yes, yeah. Andrea from Penrith has just bought something. So it's oh, marvelous. okay. Well, it's great that she got a mention. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we've, um, I noticed... It's been a busy time. It's been a busy time for us. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think now, as we said, because we launched the business in 2018 and it's a family-run business, but we've we've scaled. We've had to scale dramatically. Um, you know, we're supplying, uh, distributing around 150,000 shots per month at the minute, um, and you know, it's it's only going going upwards. So it's great. It's just a great natural, convenient um, product for people to add to their sort of everyday um, nutrition. Really. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, of course, about playing behind closed doors, Hal, is that, uh, as you found in Germany, although it's all in German, so quite a lot of it is lost on us non-German speakers generally, that you can hear everything's being said uh, to the yeah. referees, to the other players, etc. And I just say, have you, have you kind of contemplated who are the boys are going to have to... Imagine Charlie might have to be careful. One or two of the boys <laughs> might have to be careful uh, when, when it's on the telly and we can hear every word you're saying. Yeah, I think that's something we'll have to definitely take into consideration. A lot, a lot of the time, you do get away with, you know, sort of just the heat of the moment, sort of comments and things like that. But um, it will, uh, yeah, all of that is going to have to come into play, and I'm sure there will be uh, some discussions on, you know, just uh, just mention to Chaz just to tone it down a little bit, which is, yeah. uh, <laughs> but yeah. that will happen, which is good. So. Good stuff, Al. Well, uh, best of luck with the business and good stuff with the NHS and all the best. We look back to seeing you. Uh, we look forward to seeing you play 
soon. Thanks very much for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you very much, guys. Take care. Bye. How, how Robson Carter there of uh, West Brom, and I would imagine that now the Premier League has has put a date in there. I think that you're going to see the Championship hopefully moving moving to that yeah. as well. Oh yeah, and, I hope so too. Yeah, getting it on soon because it would be great if we can all get slightly finished. harder for Championship teams, isn't it, in terms of paying for the testing and you know less. TV yeah. money and all this, so it's a bit more tricky. But uh, that's very he's got true. some good products on it. He's got one with beetroot and turmeric combined. That's how I, I can't. I can't do is. the beetroot, Andy. That's my thing. Can't can't do anything with beetroot in it. Not even the capsules. Uh, no? Well, no, I just I've got I've got a thing. Goes back to school dinners being force fed beetroot. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, <laughs> hideous. <laughs> they were different times. They were different times, kids. Daddy, what's force feeding? Ask Nan. Ask Granddad what it was like. You're eating. You're not leaving until you've eaten that salad. <laughs> I'll eat everything but the beet. You're eating the beetroot. Oh, it's just it's like PTSD. Nightmare. Anyway, uh, we move on. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. It's time now for Striker. We're going to squeeze it in for you. Uh, Ian Dan to bring it to life. Steve Bruce's murder mystery novel. And we're going to pick up uh, where we left off yesterday. Once my uh, um, uh, WhatsApp stops going haywire, I can tell you exactly what we're going to be talking about today. And, I'll just uh, run it. Of course, seems to have gone back about three months. Uh, anyway, hang on a second. I'll no, we all know what's going on. Just run it. And, no, no, I think you can't. No, you need to get a bit of background. We rejoin it. I've got it. We re- this is important Day 45. <laughs> we rejoin it now. The Letters for Town Manager Steve Barnes has just been kidnapped by a couple of masked individuals outside his home. Good. Take it away, Dan. No, no one cares. Of course they do. Chapter 7. The fat guy did the driving, and I was in the back seat with the tall man. He didn't speak. I had the chance to study their faces carefully. They seemed to have no fear regarding recognition, and this could mean only one thing. They were tough men who did not fear consequences. The driver kept to the motorways. He was a steady driver, and he was careful not to exceed the speed limit. I suspected that this vehicle might be hired or perhaps stolen. The previous evening, in my tired and frustrated state, I had suspected that the police were harassing me. Why were they not harassing me now? There's never a police officer when you really need one. The driver moved smoothly onto the M60 motorway, the Manchester Orbital, then as smoothly onto the Trans-Pennine motorway. Both these roads I knew well. I travelled this very route each weekday morning, except on those other days I'm alone and do not have a pistol stuck in my belly. I made a conscious decision to get these guys talking. Perhaps they'd picked up the wrong man. And where were they taking me? By this time I was convinced that neither was an officer of the Lear. That's my Inspector Clouseau impression coming out there. What's this about, fellas? There was no response. Where are we going? No response. What did they want me for? Why had they snatched me at gunpoint from the very gates of my own home? We know who you are, mister, the tall guy said. Where had I heard that voice before? That soft rural accent? My heart leapt up. I didn't kill Pat Duffy. The police said different, the driver said. The police have made a serious mistake. You've picked up the wrong man. You've got to turn back. The driver signalled to pull off to the left. This was the very junction where the police highway patrol had stopped me the previous evening. I hoped that a car would be on patrol now. My hopes were dashed by disappointment. 
dramatic stuff. Uh, I did well, love the idea dramatic. that... Uh, that he's, he's been kidnapped off the street and uh, he wondered whether the car was hired or stolen. I'd probably go stolen because if you go and get a hire car, say, yeah, what are you looking for, sir? Well, you know, something something that would allow us to kidnap Steve Barnes, the Lettersford Town Manager. Well, I'd say then the Mondeo because that allows you to get three adults in the back. That's one either side to stop it. And it does have child locks. So, yeah, that's perfect. We'll hire that one then, please, for kidnapping purposes. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. From Talk Sport. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Time for the birthday spread. I go head to head with the listener. Ten birthdays, ten gags from Andy of varying quality. His words, not mine. <clears throat> and oh um, no, it's true. We've got to guess how old these people are. Uh, the margin of error that builds the smallest margin of error over the 10 birthdays is the winner. Mark is a Spurs fan with uh, Pigeon Racing Connections, which we were talking about earlier on. Good afternoon, Mark. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, Andy. You've got a great family boast from the world of pigeon racing, I yes. understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, damn things. Um, <laughs> my, grand, my granddad and my uncle uh, raced, and they tried to get me into it when I was a kid, and I just ran a mile so. Like you never fancied them. it. What was it about the pigeon? What you didn't like touching them? No, just poxy birds, didn't they? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you won't be writing a book called Homing, will you, Mark? No. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And oh, I dear. remember my granddad and my uncle had this bird. Um, mm. I don't know how the hell it found its way home from Barcelona. Right. But it won, well, it's it a homing pigeon. It won the Barcelona <laughs> to London pigeon race, yeah? That's fantastic. Right? That's brilliant. And they had this painting done of it, and they give it to me dad. Hmm. And I always remember my dad taking it home. Mum looking at it, and she goes, what's that? He goes, a picture for the wall. She goes, that ain't going on my wall, and threw it in the cupboard. 
Fantastic. Happy memories there from the world of pigeon racing. So let's get on. a great fan. We've got to get on with it, though. We better get underway. Let's rock and roll. Go on, Andy. Take it away. First birthday. Okay, and uh, we get underway with a very, very happy birthday. The great pop singer and actress Kylie Minogue. It's oh, her Kylie, birthday yeah. today. Yeah, of course, I've known Kylie for years. And uh, we were going to a fancy dress party as Bournemouth yeah. footballers, believe it or not. And yeah. I asked her who she wanted to, uh, to be, and she was very insistent. She said, I should be Solanke. <laughs> What's good? That's a good start, Andy. That's that's a real marker you've laid down there. It's downhill um, from here. I'll kick us off then. Uh, Kylie, she's wearing incredibly well for someone who I'd say is probably early, she early, late forties, early fifties. Um, am I doing her a disservice? I'll go five oh blind fifty. What do you think, Mark? Kylie. I'll go fifty-two. Fifty-two. What is she, Andy? Whoa, she's fifty-two. Okay, so it's uh, naught for Mark, two, two for me. Yeah. Okay, that's, uh, Mark's going first oh, yeah. this time. Okay, it's a Baroness May Blood. I've got to see where. Oh, there it is. Baroness May Blood. She's founder of the Northern Ireland Women's Coalition in 1996. Baroness May Blood. She was uh, she was bright actually, very bright, but not as intelligent as former Stoke Island striker. Yes, blood was thicker than waters. <laughs> Not so bad either. It's not doing too bad. Mark Mayblood, what do you think? I will go 84. 84, okay. I think she might be a bit younger than 96 was her year she founded to me. I might go, she's about um, 64, I'm going to go. This could be a big... big uh, You're in trouble now, Paul. She's 82. Oh, no. So that's two. I'm 18 now, so it's 20 plays two. Oh, it's early doors, but yeah, you're going to have to... Oh, okay, here we really. go. Go on, Andy. Yes, uh, it's a very happy birthday to Mary Nightingale, the presenter Mary Nightingale, a newscaster, yeah. ITV News. And uh, she came to a karaoke party, actually, at Ross Barkley's place, uh, which was held in a little garden area in front of Ross's flat. Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what happened. Nightingale sang in Barkley's Square. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I knew where that was heading. Uh, <laughs> we all knew where that was heading. Telegraph pass. <laughs> um, Mary, again, wearing very well in the Kylie envelope for someone who is 52. I'm going to say she's the same age as Kylie. What do you think, Mark? Mary Nightingale. 57. What is she, Andy? <laughs> Hello, I'm, I smell a rat You think here. there's a bit she's of a 57. steward going on? Yeah, 50, I'm not happy Mark, with this. If you're going to cheat, judges. you've got to be clever about it, mate. <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> rubbish, Mark. I'm not cheating. He says he's not oh, yeah. cheating. He's just two, brilliant. Two on, the, two on the money. I'm fine. Oh, so 25 plays uh, <laughs> two. Okay, here we go then. Um, the crowd are not happy about back, this. Back to, there's a bit of booing going on, I can hear. Back to, back to, back to Mark Lee's first. Okay, it's a very happy birthday to the East End EastEnders actress Patsy Palmer. Oh, yeah. Patsy Palmer, yeah. Not only is she a fine actress, of course, but she's also a great student, you may not know this, of baseball. Her right. favourite uh, person in baseball is the manager who broke the colour barrier by signing Jackie Robinson. Yes, Branch Rick. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> You've got to know your baseball, haven't you? You have, really. He's You've very famous in the... Our old Todd would love that one. Our old Patsy Palmer, Mark? 46. 46. I'd say she's probably... Uh, uh, 47. I'm going to go. I'm gonna, I'm she's gonna... 48. OK, I'm going to stick on Mark's coattails. Oh. Uh, 24 plays three. OK, then. Uh, OK. Right. If, uh, yep. Very happy birthday to the soul singer Gladys Knight. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, 
And uh, she's featured in The Last Dance, actually. She's a big fan of the Chicago Bulls, but not yeah. Jordan. Scotty was her favourite. Every yeah. year she invites his whole family for dinner. Yes, it's Gladys Knight and the Pippins. I'm sure, I'm sure it is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought you were going to say you phoned her in a call box one day, but you ran out of money. But well, that could have worked that as well. That's one for I'd like to keep them sporty, really. Okay, Gladys, she's got to be getting on there, hasn't she? She's, uh, Gladys um, is, uh, is 80. 80, blind 80. What do you think, Mark? 72. So what is she, Andy? 76. Okay, so he's I'm gone to, He's gone into a more sophisticated form yeah, of cheating it's, now. It's, no, he's just... He's, 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 if you're going to cheat, cheat smart, as they say. No, that's, that's a terrible slur on Mark. No, no, it's not true. Hey, Mark. We're just calling Google. It's, uh, anyway. The producer's shouting at me. Get, am I getting the sums wrong? Seven plays 30. Okay, I'm cheating me. I'm cheating Mark now. Okay, I'm next okay. here, I think. Aren't I? No, me, Mark. Me, uh, Mark yes. Me. What yes, Mark he, I've got to find this bloke. What does he do? Where is he? Chaos. It's Professor... Hang on a minute. Professor Keith Gull. Professor Keith Gull. But what does he okay, do? Yeah. I've got to find him. I've got different lists here. Uh, where are you, Keith? Uh I've only got so much you? time. This is talk sport. I know. This is so annoying. If you just join us, Mark's now. cheating. Although he may not be. <laughs> 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 He's not uh, cheating. We'd like to point that out. Goodness He's just very sake. good at the game. He's good at the game, Mark. What can you do? Oh, here he is. Biologist and principal of St. Edmunds Hall, Oxford, from 2009 to 2018, Professor Keith Gull. And... Okay. Uh, yeah, we can, our paths crossed there. I was on a panel interviewing him for a job, and there was yeah. absolutely nothing to choose between him and his main rival. But in the end, Keith got the job on goal difference. <laughs> That's pretty good. That is good. Uh, Mark, Come on. Keith Gull, what do you think? Mark's too, Mark's too busy looking him up to laugh at the no, jokes. No, he's not. You've got, to, you've got to trust people in this world, Andy. We can't cheat, Tottenham fans. No, we can't. We can't. No, we, that's right. no, that's no I'm teasing. We're teasing you. 79. 79. Okay, Mark's gone 79. Um, mm. I'd say to, uh, 76. He's 72. Oh, I'm chipping away oh, then. Right. 34 plays. So uh, you see, so you were seven out, weren't you? So f- is that right? 14, 14 plays mm. 34 at the moment. Okay, I'm, I'm creeping back in. It's, it's, it's oh, getting good. Here we go. So, so happy birthday to Sir Howard Panter, the co-founder of the Ambassador Theatre Group, joint yeah. chief executive and creative director of Trafalgar Studios, Sir Howard Panter. And we play snooker regularly, and it's uh, Howard and myself. Yeah. He's never managed to beat me. He always blows it on the penultimate ball. He just can't handle the pink panther. <laughs> God, dear. Um, 74, I'm going, Howard Panther. What do you think, Mark? 77. Okay, what do we 71. Think? 71. It's closing up. Okay, so that makes me, what, 31? And you say it's five out, so you're 20. Is that right? 21, please. Mm. 31. Uh, we'll say it again, Jamie. 20 plays 37. It's not going well, is it? Okay, go on then. 20 plays 37. I love the maths. I'm desperately trying to cheat myself. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever play darts with me. Uh, Mark, Mark's Al- next. Happy birthday to the show jumper, very famous show jumper, Alvin Shokamola. Oh, yeah. I know his dentist. He says his teeth are terrible. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's the German word for it. Bad teeth, isn't it? Shokamola. Exactly. It's what, was, what do you think, Mark? Well, he's been going around for, he's been going for Yonkins, isn't he? Um, oh, yeah. I'd say 72. Yonkins. 72, Alvin. Um, I'd say he's a bit older. 76, I'm going to go, Andy. 83. 
Oh, okay. So that puts you on uh, 24. I said uh, 76, so I'm seven out. So that puts me on 43 plays. Is that right? 43 plays 24? Is that right? Does that sound right? Okay. Yeah, it's right. Blimey, I got it right for once. <laughs> Go on, Andy. Keep, keep broadcasting. Cillian Murphy, the actor. Oh, yeah. Cillian Murphy. Uh, yes. Cillian Murphy. That's what right, of course. Yeah, yeah. Not many Great people actor. know that before he was an actor, he worked yeah. in the shutter business in Liverpool. Did he and, really? And uh, Graham... Graham Beecroft used him as well, yeah. You should see Beaky's blinders. That doesn't work at all. <laughs> Beaky's blinds. You should see Beaky's blind. Killian Murphy is 42. That's just a fairly easy one for you, Mark. Yeah, what do you think? 48. 48, gone older. What is it, Andy? 44. 44. So I was two apples, me on 45. Uh, 48, uh, four outs, so 28. So 28 plays 45. So, Andy, if the, what's this last okay. one then? It's David Brewer, the chairman of the St. Paul's Cathedral Governing Council. You'll see why I left this one to last. Lord Lieutenant of Greater London from 2008 to 2015, David Brewer. What do we it's think? Also very yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry, Andy, get the gag in. <laughs> no, I think I'd rather you just guess. I'm just is it involved? Is it, is, it, uh, <laughs> is it what I think it is? Yes, it is. <laughs> it's that. It's, uh, it's, the, it's the problem. He used to grow sunflowers and he had a problem with his stems. Yeah, I can understand. <laughs> they, what did they call it? It was a case of brewers. I'll get you here. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, Mark, what do you think? 84. 84. Now, I've looked at his years. I think he might, I've got to go at least 20-something, haven't I? I'm going to have to go 64, Andy. What is it? <laughs> no, he's <laughs> got 80. Cuffed. Got cuffed. Yeah, he got he's hammered there. Mark, I, you were brilliant. Fantastic. Well played, Mark. I, I did not cheat, yeah, I no. promise you. No, I, no, it's I, easy. Mark, we believe you. I know you, would, you wouldn't cheat a fellow, uh, fellow or even a Spellow Furs fan. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. What about sport on TV? Martin Kellner, of course, squad number nine, has got that covered. Good afternoon, Martin. Good afternoon to you too, Paul and uh, Andy, and a f- another fantastic uh, birthday spread. <laughs> You'd like some of those gags? Did you eat oh, out of the last one, the Brewers one? I know, <laughs> well, we did. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. We've decided, <laughs> yeah. Martin, as from next week, uh, we're going to ask you after this little chat to give us uh, a couple of clean examples of your brilliant um, Swanee whistle. <laughs> and then it's the here, best of... Here, yeah. uh, can you, can you want to give us one now, or...? Uh, hang on, I've lost it. Ah, here it is. There it is. So yeah. It's on my table. Okay, fair enough. So the, the best gags, like the Kylie, the, the gilt edge yeah. stuff, we'll, if it gets the Martin Kellner swanee whistle, we know he's, it's been an absolute doozy. So we'll do that Excellent. We'll do that from next week. Now, funny Excellent. enough, I, I've seen what sound you're going to be talking to about it. today. I've seen what you're going to be talking about today, and I've recorded this to watch it because oh. this is Muhammad Ali chatting to the American chat show host Dick Cavett. And the only bits I've seen of this is when we had Parky on the show. Parky mm. went over to do a he kind did. of double header. He did Dick Cavett's mm. show with, with Sir Michael Parkinson, and they both spoke to Ali on the show. So that's the only one I've seen, but he did a series of interviews with Dick Cavett, didn't he? Loads, loads. I mean, we know he, inter- you know, Parky interviewed him a lot, but I think these Dick Cavett interviews, the show's called uh, Ali and Cavett, The Tale of the Tapes. The shows he did with Dick Cavett, because he had a certain, um, uh, you know, a certain rapport with uh, Dick Cavett, which was so good. And I- I've watched a lot of Dick Cavett shows, you know, or clips that are on YouTube over the years, because mm. um, he interviewed 
Woody Allen a heck of a lot as well. And uh, he really, he, he, he was sort of, at the time we had Parky and those sort of shows, which were fairly straight-laced. I mean, Parky is a great interviewer. Um, but when they talked about things like race, I always felt, you know, especially with it being the BBC and impartiality and all that, that Parky was always a little bit, he, he wasn't entirely comfortable with it. Hmm. Well, you know, when they got on to, in what you may call the, you know, uh, Nation of Islam years, those yeah. interviews were always uh, a little bit awkward on Parky. Dick Cavett did, did loads of those as well, or Dick Cavett. He did loads of those as well. Far less awkward than the Parky ones and well worth watching. They really are. Especially when you consider that even at the moment, race is such a toxic issue in the United States. And then we were, you know, we were only sort of, I don't know, six or seven years after uh, segregation, really, and, and some places in the South still segregate. And obviously, the famous story is uh, Ali winning the gold medal in Rome and coming back to find out he couldn't buy a hamburger in uh, Louisville, you know. Sure. Uh, and all that stuff's covered very well. They've got um, Malcolm X's uh, daughters on the show as well. Uh, and, um, and some of the early ones, the early ones when he was still being referred to as Cassius Clay and he was coming on doing the jokey stuff and explaining how he got into the jokey stuff, which is great. Some people won't know the, the Gorgeous George story. You know, mm. he went, saw the wrestler Gorgeous George and thought... Yeah. This is a way to put bums on seats. And he tells that story to Cavett. But also, you could see that Cavett was very easy with him because he would insult him in the intros of the programme. He's one, of the, one of the shows that um, Cassius Clay was, was on in the 60s, uh, Dick Cavett starts the show by saying, well, there's no compliment, I can pay my next guest, then he hasn't already paid himself. Uh, <laughs> some, you know, you've got to have yeah. some cojones to, yeah. to come out of that. He also described him once, and here he is, Howard Cassell's humility coach, Muhammad Ali. <laughs> and it was a very, you know, it was an intriguing and revealing relationship that the two of them yeah. had as uh, the Reverend uh, Al Sharpton, you know, who's one of the leaders in the of civil course, rights yeah, yeah. movement. Sure. Uh, and he mentioned all that as well. And when you saw some of the people that Cavett had interviewed, they're, they're mainly stills, they have a still of that um, Parky one. But people like John Lennon, Catherine Hepburn, all sorts of big names, it makes you realise sort of, in a way, what we've lost from uh, chat shows, because these were all sort of uh, unplugged um, interviews, if you like. You know, they weren't, uh, they weren't airbrushed by the PR people. This so is on the new Sky Documentaries channel that looks oh, yeah, on Wednesday. Okay. So this yeah. is where it's available, isn't it, Martin? Yeah. Totally yeah. available right now. Just go in there on Sky yeah. and do it a search. Look, how, uh, how long is it? Is it... Is it a that's a bit of a personal question. Um, <laughs> hey, it's, you, you, you get, get that, that whistle out. <laughs> goodness sake. <laughs> For goodness sake, definitely. No, it, it's, it's, an hour, it's 98 minutes. 98 minutes. Oh, okay, 98 fine. minutes very, very, very well spent, I have to say. It's, it's brilliant because yeah. they've got all the people. Like I said, they've got the Reverend Al Sharpton on. They've got Malcolm X's daughter. Uh, and uh, for anybody, I mean, it's great if you're around in the 1960s and, uh, you know, and saw the rise and rise of Muhammad, Muhammad yeah. Ali, and you'd seen him on Parky over here. It's just something uh, we've been different. Looks good. So highly recommended. Highly, okay. highly recommended. Who, who is it? Uh, you, you've also been Bill McCartney. I see is on your uh, yes, Bill list. McCartney. Some people won't know uh, the lesser known of the McCartney brothers, the or, American football uh, coach. C correct. Well yeah. done, Andy. Ah. Can't get one by you. It's The Gospel According to Mac, which is uh, a show, it's a 30 for 30, and it's available mm. on BT uh, 
uh, sport at the moment. Um, but I really liked the um, him describing when he got because he was in Michigan for a while, you know, at high school and then college football there. Then went to um, the University of Colorado in uh, Boulder, Colorado, and he's talking about the interviews that he did there to get the job. You know, he was a he was a, a real winner, but also uh, an evangelist. But, you know, a really, really upfront evangelist. He, he had an alcohol problem when he was in Michigan. Somebody introduced him to uh, another one of these evangelists. And uh, he gave up alcohol at that point and became a, a really committed evangelist. And he, had the, he said the key interview that he had when he was trying to get the job as the coach at the University of Colorado was with the president of Colorado University, Arnold Weber, who happened to be Jewish. And he said, so I had this interview with this guy who was Jewish. I looked him in the eye and said, you need to know I have given my life to Jesus Christ. He lives and reigns in my heart. He's my Lord and Saviour. And he went on like this for about two minutes. Mm. And he said, I thought, you know, that might, because this guy was a Jewish guy, I thought it might cost me my job. Yeah. But um, it appears that Arnold Weber sort of more or less said to him, Ah, Jesus Schmeezes, who cares? As long as you as long as you're winning. As long as you're winning. As long as you're winning. He didn't really say that, but no. I got the impression that that was more or less the tenor of what he said. Mm. You know, he said, Really? Jesus Christ? Ah, whatever. Uh, wow. and uh, and he got the job so that Wonderful. was and it, yeah. it's it's well worth watching because there's a you know if you look at uh, Brian Clough or you look at any of the you know although they're not evangelists there's always a touch of that sort of mentality isn't there in you know in successful coaches they're yeah. all sort of evangelical bit of zeal I think it, isn't it mm. bit of zeal yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely uh, Martin uh, BT are doing a, a kind of a, a Jordan I think the Jordan weekend but uh, they've got some of his old college games and big games but they're also showing a documentary I've not seen I know Andy Asen has often said he's very good uh, is it Jordan rides the bus about his time as a baseball? Oh, not player. seen that one. No, I've not seen that. Oh, seen yeah, that. yeah, that was that's a thirty for thirty, isn't yes, it? I'm pretty it is. sure. Yeah, yeah, it's on yeah, tomorrow I've seen night. That, yeah, so oh, look, it, it was covered. Qu- yeah, it was covered quite extensively in the last dance, though that period, wasn't it? When he yeah, yeah. but I just I'd like to kind of find yeah. out more. Interesting though, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's on that's on tomorrow. And um, did yeah. we talk about Harry's Heroes last week, or didn't we get round to it? No, we didn't get round to Harry's Heroes. Okay. Uh, not much to say about that, really. They they uh, set they go to Italy and they're in a, a chateau. I mm. want to know why Lee Sharp is wearing a flat cap at breakfast time in Italy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know <laughs> he played for Leeds it's a good for question. a while in Bradford. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's it's an amiable show it's an amiable show and there are a few but they do a little sort of mental health slash alcoholism bit which is a very live issue at the moment with prince yeah. Phil, uh, prince william bringing up mm. um, you know mental health not problems prince philip, footballers. Not. <laughs> sorry <laughs> not, not prince, prince philip, philip as you said <laughs> yeah. did i say prince philip no he's yeah. not really <laughs> that con- <laughs> concerned at the moment uh, the only other thing that i wanted to mention was uh, i watched dortmund uh, bayern yeah. obviously as mm. we all did mm. um high quality football I still find it difficult with um, you know with there being no crowd there uh, although when it comes back here we're going to have the option of putting the red button on and uh, and having the crowd noises when we get to the Premier League back but I just thought it was interesting James Richardson had uh, Raphael Honigstein of course in the studio with him yeah. and uh, Owen Hargreaves was on a screen there and he said Owen we'll let you go off now and get your notes sorted and I thought notes 
Take notes for that. It's okay. Just shock me a little bit. And apart from no that, need to be sarcastic. Yeah, as Owen might say. As he might. Yes, indeed. Um, <laughs> And that's more or less it because I ran oh, over nearly ne- last week. Well, no, it's brilliant, Martin. No, it's brilliant. And uh, yeah, I, it's I, perfect I really look timing. forward to the Ali Dick Cavett show. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Time then to uh, look ahead to uh, the weekend's TV, as always, uh, in the company of Mike Ward from the start. Good afternoon, Mike. Good afternoon, guys. A uh, couple of things to reflect on uh, first. I see uh, uh, Kate and Koji has got a second series. Yeah. Uh, an ITV sitcom is often difficult to get off the ground. Um, yeah, but, my wife um, liked that. Yeah, so my mum loved it as well. It's inter- Do you know what? I didn't see it. She kept telling me to watch it. I never got around to it. I should go back to it. Because it's got Brenda Blethyn in it, which is a very safe pair of hands. But I understand it. it I don't know if you watched it, but it, it's got a second I, series. Yeah, I did. It was um, um, obviously written by... Um, God, who's the guys who wrote Drop the Dead Donkey? I've completely forgotten the names. Is it Guy Jenkins and uh, Andy Hamilton? That's the ones. Yeah. Oh, right. So yeah. it's actually. Oh, okay. I didn't realise that. It, wow. The setup. Yeah, the setup is sort of a bit. Um, uh, it may seem a bit obvious. I seem to remember when the trailer came on, I thought, oh gosh, this this doesn't look good. Uh, but sometimes trailers don't do these shows a great deal of favours because they take all the gags out of context and it all looks a bit lame. But it worked really well and um, it had a little sort of topical element, as much as you can introduce a topical element, which obviously is their forte from years gone by. Um, and yes, yeah, so it, it, it's 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 a superior sitcom, and they they are quite hard to pull off these days. Yeah, especially sort of in that sort of commercial context. half hour, you only get sort of twenty or twenty four minutes or so to make it work. So yeah, absolutely. Um, and there's that you know that Jack D thing, bad move that was on that tried to sort of fit into that sort of time slot, and that didn't really work at all for all sorts hard. of different reasons. Really, really um, hard. David Attenborough that. said that he admits that sometimes the BBC sort of sweeten um, some of the documentaries and maybe they go a bit overboard with artificial sound. We've been talking about a lot about what we're going to do in football with yeah. uh, crowd noise to, to sweeten the whole thing. But he says that they, they overlay effects, um, well, sort of like animal, kind of animal sort of effects, natural that's sound. They don't get those two mixed up when the Premier League resumes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good fantastic. point. Yeah. The mating call uh, <laughs> of the, the Golden Eagle, that would be fantastic, wouldn't it? Over a Palace game wouldn't be bad, I wouldn't imagine. Oh, yes, no, so, do yeah. that. Actually, yeah. put, just put the eagle on the pitch as well. Now, space is a bit of you a can't, it's got thing. bad feet, but that's yeah, another story. It's got story. bad feet, but we might talk to him about that next week. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, space, you've had, uh, Amanda Onucci has done the Avenue 5, uh, Seth MacFarlane did the Orville, and yep. now we've got Space Force with Steve Carell, but from the, the bits I've seen of this, it does look really good. It does look, yeah, it is, I've watched the first couple of episodes of this, this is on Netflix from today, Steve Carell plays this um, Air Force pilot, sort of high-level, top-ranking guy who's just promoted to uh, four-star general, but there's a catch, because basically he then discovers that the uh, US president, who isn't named, but uh, you know has certain familiar characteristics, has announced that he wants to introduce a new uh, uh, area of the armed forces called the Space Force. He's going to be well, in this, charge this of it. This is true. There is one, because Trump has been championing this thing. There is, there is a Space Force at the moment, I believe. For is real? there really a proper one? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, this maybe, maybe this is a documentary, and I'm just missing the whole thing. <laughs> um, but basically, yeah. And the idea is to put, uh, as as he's quoted saying, wants boots on the moon by 2024. It's, it's basically total space dominance in the modern age. So it's going beyond just landing a man on the moon, as obviously he's done before, to do something altogether. And uh, and uh, he's in charge of a team, sort of you take them from experts and scientists from all over the world. 
uh, with the notable exception of one country who's seen as the sort of bitter foe in this whole process. But yes, it's it, he's clearly out of his depth, but he's a proud man who's refusing to show that he's out of his depth, which has uh, uh, consequences which emerge and become funnier. I think in the second episode when you get the you get the chimpanzee involved. It's made by the guys who made the American Office, so yes. it's got a bit of a pedigree, isn't it? Of course. It has, yeah, absolutely. And but I think I think the second episode is when it really gets into its stride. So if you've got time, to, I mean, it's, they're only half hour episodes, so it's it's, oh, okay. it's quite easy to enjoy from that point of view. Okay, uh, what else? Well, obviously, Graham Norton's on tonight, but uh, that's improved, hasn't it? As we've gone along, we've talked about that before. What about Central Park? This is something new. Yeah, I think. this is on. This is on Apple. Apple obviously is starting to do a lot more stuff now on their own platform, Apple TV Plus. Central Park is is an animated uh, musical, so it's 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 centered on. So, did you know Central Park is modelled on Birkenhead Park? Did you know that? You know, I didn't. That's there good knowledge. Go. Fascinating that's fact, but totally yeah. true. Um, yeah, so it's centred on there and the characters who work there and live there and there's a particular sort of uh, a, a cruel old lady, a wealthy old lady who has, um, the, who has you know, um, sinister plans to turn the whole thing into, into um, sort of a real estate opportunity, shall we say. So it's sort of a bit bonkers and, uh, again, these are, these are sort of 25-minute episodes and a slightly offbeat kind of approach to the story. Bit of comedy, bit of musical, bit of fun. That's nice. Oh, okay. Fantastic. I, I see a man um, who plays Kurt from Corrie, who Andy Wyman was, uh, was saying yeah. today that um, when they start coming back on, on the soaps and social distancing, obviously, if you've got sort of fledgling relationships, uh, they're going to be quite difficult to deal with because <laughs> everybody's socially distancing. And apparently EastEnders is going to go through with an affair that, that they, they planned to have. Yeah. So they're going to try and have an affair uh, in it. And uh, they said the affair will still go ahead, but any passionate scenes will be suggested and nuanced. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, EastEnders is big on nuance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very much Cowboy so, yeah. Night and the Vic. It's all, it's, <laughs> what it's are you all, doing upstairs? For me, whenever, whenever, whenever I watch uh, EastEnders, I always look for the subtext. I'm yeah, not looking at really so. what's on this. I know this. It's, lay, it's all about layers. Isn't plus, it, of Mike? course, yeah. And actually, plus, of course, <clears throat> EastEnders is 93. Uh, last time I checked, it was 93% shouting. So I'm guessing yeah. they're, they're going to have to shout louder now, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, 93% shouting, or your money back, I yeah, think it yeah. actually says. Yeah. Yeah. But shouting spreads episode. more virus, so you've it got does. to be it careful does. of that. You've got to stop so shouting. Let's, shall, shall we move to Saturday? Because yeah. we should move quite to Saturday, through Andy, yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I think Alan Carr's been sort of returned to form. I love the movie show he did, and I'm looking forward to this Alan Carr's epic game epic show. Epic game show, yeah. Each week, I think Vernon Kay did something similar to this. Not yeah, yeah. not so long they ago. They dust them pop- down the old format. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody can come up with really good ones anymore. So we just do the old ones with someone else. Yeah. So basically, each week he's doing a classic game show, um, starting off with play your cards right. You can't be a bit play your cards right. No. The Price is Right. It'll, uh, then follows. Take your pick. I mean, take your pick. Yeah. That's really, I mean, I'm sure a good proportion of the viewers won't even remember taking We remember, sadly, Andy and I, it was presented by a guy <laughs> called Michael Miles. Michael Miles. Michael Miles. Yeah. And, then, and then take your pick, Huey Green did it. I mean, this is all from my childhood, but yeah. yeah. Right. Who banged the gong? If you can remember that, then you get an oh, extra gosh. prize. Yeah. Okay. Wasn't he holding it himself? No, it was Bob Danvers Walker. Oh, that's oh, right. look yeah, at yeah. that. This yeah. is the knowledge they want. And then he, but <laughs> yeah. nobody's done double your money. Do you remember double your money? <laughs> No, well, funny enough, again, yeah, we, yeah. We, when we were in development, we had an idea to sort of bring it back or a yeah. version of it, didn't we? So we, we watched some of the old ones. So quite remarkable, really. Yeah. Um, what else? We got? Britain's Got Talent has now reached that mm. point that, that they've been trying to pretend we're not going to get to, which is the auditions, the pre-recorded auditions, which have been carrying on every Saturday night. Right. Um, 
for about eight, I think it's the eighth week of this. Now they're all in limbo because they've got no idea. Normally this would be the point, this would be the weekend where hmm. you see the last audition and then there's another show where they all sit around choosing who actually gets to go through to the um, the live bits um, and who has to go. Um, but that, that's obviously you know all been stalled by the situation. Yeah, so that's 7 o'clock on ITV tomorrow and then it's the Alan Carr game show thing, quarter past eight yes. on uh, on ITV. Um, a bit of culture, Ella Fitzgerald, a, a yeah. documentary about the, the great jazz I, singer. I'll be honest, I don't, I'm very little about Ella Fitzgerald, but I just mm, spotted this right. in the schedules. I thought that might be quite interesting for uh, yeah. a number of people. It's uh, Ella Fitzgerald, just one of those things, life and times. Um, started, she started, I didn't realise, she started off at a talent contest herself <laughs> quite significantly mm. although to which simon would have said it's a no from me no, it's I'm a afraid. no from me jazz has had it or she just stopped at halfway through the first song <laughs> yeah. and he raised his hand yeah. and said yeah. you've got another song you got do you know something else? that's more every time we say got, have you got something more suitable for your voice <laughs> yeah. Yeah. manhattan is not doing it for me <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. A, no she said that'd be a go i'll watch that it looks very good oh yeah. we got sticking with the culture um, Sunday Ooh. night, you give oh. us a bit of ballet on BBC well, Four. You I, I get a bit high oh, good. I did try and find the pre- preview of this. None was available, <laughs> but I just—it's just the title, to be honest. BBC Four, ten o'clock, Dracula by Northern Ballet. Really, ballet I like the choreographer, David uh, Nixon. Dixon, I remember Nixon, he, like, yes, I used to love his God show, the Magic. Soul. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember David Nixon, the magician, do you? Uh, I, Mike? I do. You do remember him. Oh, oh gosh, gosh, yeah, yeah. I remember David yeah, Nixon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. All part of Older my than you look. I'm, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and Killing Eve, which I'm loving. I still uh, think some people say it's not as good, but I think it's excellent. I think everybody just says that anyway, don't they? It's just, oh, yeah. it's not as good. Oh, I'm going to say it's better, even though I've oh, only really? seen it. I'll be honest, I'm way behind on it. I just, the trouble is with these catch-up things, you can do the binge-watch thing, but I can't mm. watch too much telling one go. It makes my eyes go funny. So basically... <laughs> it's your um, job, it's not, Mike. Not great uh, for a TV uh, reviewer, is it? Really? my eyes. It's your job. <laughs> uh, oh, I can't watch. Honestly, I'm si- I hate telly. I'm so sick <laughs> yeah. I've got this kind of cloudy thing that happens with my... I think I've seen the optician about it, and he's given me this special sort of eye mask. You heat up in the microwave, and you have to put it over I've your s- eyes. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Don't put it in for too long, though. You've got no. to sear into your retina. <laughs> got, um, we're having cooked eye for dinner. Yeah. Um, I, too, have been watching a lot of telly, though. According to um, sort of a big poll there was yesterday of the British public in lockdown, the mm. British public. Yeah. Apparently, they've said it's been the most popular activity when people have filled in this questionnaire. People have admitted to watching TV or streaming videos yeah. oh, for at least three hours a day. At least three yeah. hours a day. And uh, a lot of the terrestrial channels are sort of really, it's, it seems to have benefited them almost more than the streaming ones, which I, I don't know how those figures have been reached, but uh, yeah. um, that yeah. was interesting yeah, in well. itself. All good stuff. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. So there you are. That was this afternoon's show. I'm, I'm, I choose to believe, Mark. I choose to see the, oh, good, yeah. in every, I I choose to see the good in everybody. But uh, <laughs> of course. he was a very good player. So uh, there we are. Huh. It's, uh, it, was, it was fun. Yeah. Okay, well, look, we're back on Monday. Um, thanks for joining us this week. Do take care, and we will catch up with you then. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.